All right, truth be told, I'm feeling a little bit intimidated after coming after Irvin. But that was great, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Appreciate you so much. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Tyler Jagan. I'm the lead pastor here at River Run. And if you are new here, um, really our one big hope for you this morning is that you just make yourself at home. Uh, we really like to look, you know, think of ourselves as just this is who we are. And you come as you are and you're amongst people who are in, uh, you know, in your community and in your, in your neighborhood. And we're all different, um, you know, and, but at the same time we have a similarity and what is that similarity? That similarity is, is you're here because, just like me, you want to know God more. You're here because there's probably things in your life that you think about that you want to be able to grow in and get better at, and so do I. And so really, you're among um, similar, same company here. So please uh, feel, at free, feel free to just be at home. And I'm, I'm excited about this new uh, you know, change here in the room. Uh, I love being with you. I feel like instead of being back... And talking at you, I get to kind of hang out with you. So this is really neat for me. Um, and so anyway, like I said, we're in this new series. It's called uh, All God Wants for Christmas. And it's, it's a, it's a Christmas theme message series, right? We do this every single year. And every year when I think about the birth of Christ, I like for us just to kind of think of like, um, take like one aspect of the birth of Christ uh, to kind of take it and look at it through a certain lens. And so this Christmas, we're looking at the birth of Christ through the lens of choice. And choice is an interesting word because choice has meaning behind it. Uh, there's the reason why we choose the things that we choose. And, and choices also speak of our priorities, what's really important to us. You know, there are things that we like to th- say that this is important to us, but really if we look at our choices and the way that we choose how we live our life from day to day and and what to do with it, really kind of shows what is truly um, is important or our priorities in our life. But here's the thing, it's not just that's true of us, it's also true of God. That God's choices have meaning. And so when you look at God and you say God chose to do something, we should ask the question, well, okay, why did he do that? What's the meaning behind that? It also shows when you see God do stuff and he chooses to do things or, or chooses what to say and what not to say, we also should get at a kind of an understanding of what, are, what is God's priorities, what's important to God. And if you went here last week, we kind of started off with kind of a thought experiment. I said, what if you uh, were given, no, no strings attached, tax-free, a billion dollars, just all the money, and you know, more money than you could ever spend. And you have so much money that basically you can do whatever you want. And we talked about how getting that billion dollars isn't so much about buying stuff. It's really about choices. To have that kind of money, we begin to think about all the choices that we could do. We're no longer tethered to a job or to money. We can do whatever we want. We can choose whatever we want. And we ask the question, what would you choose to do? Now, probably all of us, I would think, (laughs) I don't know if there was anybody, you'd come after me and we have a conversation because that would be interesting. I don't think any of us thought, man, if I got a billion dollars, what I would choose to do is I would just shove it all to the side. And instead of buying a house in, you know, uh, behind the gates, I would, I would come out from the gate into the people and walk among the oppressed. And I would choose to be among them to help their lives be better. And I would do it even if it meant that as I'm trying to help them out, they wouldn't understand. And even if they didn't understand, they thought maybe, maybe they would even think I was a threat. 
And if they were, you know, and, and I chose to do that, but even if they thought I was a threat to the point where they want to get rid of the threat and they wanted to kill me, I would choose that. None of us probably have ever, that was ever on a radar when we thought about winning a billion dollars. But God, who has infinite amount of choices, okay, more than even a billionaire, that's exactly what he chose. He chose to get out of, you know, the gated community that we was in, to come into our world where there's hurts, pains, oppression, walked among it to, to save the world, even if it meant that people didn't understand him, even when people felt threatened by him to the point where they killed him. That was his choice. That was his choice. He has all the choices in the world and could do whatever he wanted to do. And that's what he chose. Now, one of the things is when you look at that, Jesus didn't choose that guy who, you know, who became flesh in Christ. He didn't choose that just because he thought it was fun, right? Because Jesus said the moment that he was going to go through the gauntlet and then he was going to die, right before all of that, he said to the father, he said, hey, father, if you could take this cup of suffering from me, that would be good. But not my will, but your will be done. In another place in scripture, it says, for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. So what we really see is that, yes, God, who has infinite choices, chose all of those things for the ultimate choice. And what is the ultimate choice? The ultimate choice is you. The ultimate choice is me. The ultimate choice is to be with us. So all those things, when you look at that God and say, why did you choose all those things? Because I want to be with you. Why did you go through all that? Because I'll do anything in order to be with you. It has meaning behind it. Not only that, but you see God's priorities. It's God's priorities. It's you. You know, when you think about somebody who's willing to freely choose to come into this world and, and go through what he went through to die for you, that shows a lot of priorities, doesn't it? His priorities is to love, is to love us. So today we're going to just kind of ask the question, okay, so what do we do with that? You know, what is that, how does that impact our lives and the way that we live our lives? It impacts our lives a ton. So the big idea for this uh, message today is this right here. It's this. You may not have all the choices in the world, okay? Does anybody in here have all the choices in the world? No, none of us do. You may not have all the choices in the world, but here's the thing. You have the choice that he, God, who has all the choices in the world, chooses above all else. Let me say it one more time. You may not have all the choices in the world, but here's the thing. You do have the choice that he, God, who has all the choices in the world, chooses above all else, right? How many of us have thought about, you know what, if I could just have more choices, if I had more opportunities, my life would be more fulfilled. If I just had more things, if I had more opportunities, then my life would be better. And we look at other people who have, you know, maybe more finances where they, or they have a station in life where they have more choices, and we sit there with envious and being envious of them and thinking, huh, man, you know what? They're lucky. I'm not. They have a better life than me, and because they have all these choices, and I don't. But here's the thing. That may be true. There's people in here, we're all different, and some have more choices than other people on how to spend our lives and whatnot. But here's the thing. Every single one of us, all right, has the choice. Every single one of us in this room, doesn't matter who you are, every single one of us has the choice that God, who has all the choices in the world, chooses above all else. In other words, think about it this way. 
God, who can choose whatever, okay, who has all knowledge and all experience. So here's the thing. If you had all the choices in the world, coupled with all the experiences and all the knowledge that comes with all the choices of the world, you would choose the same thing that God chose. And here's the thing. You and I have that choice. And what is that choice? That choice is simply to have a relationship with the God who created us. Every single one of us has the choice. God, what is God's choice? It's to be with us. What is the one choice that makes our lives full? Is the choice to engage in a relationship with our God. We already have it. We're always looking for all these other things. No, it must be another choice. It must be, it must be another experience. No, 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 no. If you're feeling dissatisfied, I highly encourage you to choose the thing that God chooses above all else, and that is a relationship with you. And through that relationship with, you know, with us and our relationship with him, that we would have a relationship with each other. That's where the fullness of life comes. And so we see this. You know, um, John, who walked with Jesus for three years, wrote a whole life about Jesus. And at the very beginning of his, we call it the gospel, it's really the, kind of the life of Jesus. At the very beginning of his chronicles of Jesus's life, he says these words in John 1.1. This is what he says. He says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. Okay, so, so what does this mean? For any of you guys who've ever read the Bible, probably, you know, or, or you know, at the new year, you said, this year, I'm going to read the Bible. Probably the verse that you read a lot at the beginning of the year was Genesis 1-1, right? You read Genesis 1-1, you read for about a week or so, and then you're like, oh man, this is way too much. But you probably remember Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, it starts off years, many, many, many years before John wrote this. You know, it, the, it was written in Genesis, in the beginning, and it talked about God. God created. And then it said, God spoke. He spoke into creation. Of, he spoke into nothing, something. And not just something, but something as beautiful as the universe around us. But then we see that in the beginning, God created a special kind of creation. You and me. Just like you and me. Created this beautiful creation by which to have a relationship with him. To choose to do life with them. Now, here's the thing. When we talk about choices, what makes a great relationship? Does coercion make a good relationship? Does manipulation make a great relationship? Or does two people choosing to do life together and to relate to each other is where the good relationship is? It's when we choose. So God created these beings to do, because he chose to do life with them, and their wholeness is all about them choosing to do a relationship with God. But here's the thing. They wanted more choices. They wanted more choices. They thought that God, doing life with God was enough. They needed more choices. So God said, don't eat of that tree of good and evil. Because by then you're going to have more knowledge. And by then you're going to choose things that are going to end up not fulfilling you in the way that you think it's going to fulfill you. It's actually going to do damage to you. So instead of choosing a relationship with God... They chose more choices wrapped around themselves. And guess what happened? The brokenness and the hurt that you and I feel walking through this messy life when we choose life for ourselves. The brokenness, the hurt that comes out, all of those things. And that's what happened. Well, God, who, 
who looked at humanity, looked at you and I and said, you know what? I still choose to love you. And I still choose to want to have a relationship with you. And so God took the initiative to mend the relationship that you and I broke because he wants to have a relationship with us. And he stepped out from his kingdom and into our world. So God is the, when he talks about the word, he's talking about God here. And so in the beginning was the word, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. And focus in a little bit longer that we see in this verse here, in verse 14, we see that the word he's talking about is Jesus Christ. And who's Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is God. It's God who chose to become like you and I, to take on flesh. So the word became human. That's love. He stepped into our world because he loves us. Because his choice is, is you. His choice is me. His choice is to do relationship with us. And so he didn't just come. He came and he made his home among us. So God didn't just kind of speak out there and say some stuff and, or drop a book out of the sky and just said, hey, here's some, here's some stuff to read. No, no, no. He came into our world. Why? So we could have eternal life? Part of it. But that's not the whole part of eternal life, y'all. The reason why God gives you eternal life is so that way you can have eternal pleasure in the relationship with God. It's all about that relationship with him. So God comes in, becomes human, and he makes his home among us. And look at this. How did he come? Came, he came full of unfailing love. Why did he come into our world? That's a, that's a downgrade. Not a, you know, it's not upgrading here. He did it because he loves us. He came in unfailing, unfailing love and faithfulness to us. In the beginning, we chose ourselves apart from God. And when we choose God, we usually choose God based on what can God do for us. You ever look at your prayer request and say, okay, well, here's my prayer request. You ever look at what, what, do, what, do, I, what do I spend most of the time talking to God about? I know I've been guilty of like, man, I'm doing like inventory, God. And, and when I'm talking to you, I realize that most of the things I talk to you about is something that I want from you rather than a conversation about you and getting to know you to do life with you. But even though we can kind of be like that, God has continued to be faithful to us. He loves us. He knows that he can give us all the stuff in this world, but none of us are going to be satisfied until we find that our only satisfaction can be found in him. And so we have seen his glory and the glory of his father's one and only son. So another place that we see in scripture, it's in the gospel of Matthew. We see, um, you know, God uh, having this, you know, sending this angel to have a conversation with this guy named Joseph. Joseph found out that his, his uh, you know, soon to be wife, who's not his wife, is in, who's he engaged to, is pregnant. And uh, especially back in those days, if you're engaged with somebody who's pregnant, with, who's not your, you know, who you're engaged with, that's a big issue. And it's not just a big issue with you. That's a big issue even in the community and everything like that. But this young lady is a special young lady. And her child is a different, special kind of child. As we see here in Matthew chapter 1, it goes on and it says this. He says, you know, as he considered this, as Joseph considered his wife, who he's engaged to, is pregnant, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, and considering, you know, 
stopping the engagement and putting her to the, you know, putting that relationship away. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. He said, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. That's a big choice for Joseph to make, right? Don't be afraid. Say, what do you mean? Be afraid of what? Well, be afraid of all the... Because everybody in the small town of Nazareth, right, where he's from, everybody's talking. So don't be afraid. This is going to be hard. But don't be afraid. Because God is on the move to redeem and bring his people back into a relationship with him. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. It's God with us. In verse 21, he goes on and he says, and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus. Jesus comes from the word Yeshua, which means the Lord saves. That his name is the Lord saves. And he will save his people from their sins. And then Matthew kind of gives this little caveat here. He goes on and says, And all this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. We know it's the prophet Isaiah that lived around 700 B.C. So 700 B.C. before all of this. And Joseph, being a good Jew, would have known the prophet Isaiah and everything that he said. The angel is just reminding him what Isaiah said one time and saying that this is it. This is the fulfillment. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. That's your Mary. And she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now think about it this way. Think about it this way. So you talk about Yeshua and talk about the Savior, that the, the, Jesus came into this world to save us. And a lot of times we get that and we understand that and save us from our sins. But the question really is, is what does it mean to sin? A lot of times if you think about it, we, we think about sin is, is when we do something naughty, right? Oh man, I sinned, I did something naughty, said something naughty, all of those things. Sin is bigger than that. Sin actually is, is more of the, not just what we do, it's about how we think and how we love or the lack thereof. In other words, when we think about God and all his love and all his splendor and all his goodness, anytime our hearts and our minds and our lives begin to become untethered to the beautiful grace, unfailing love and faithfulness of God, sin comes into our world. And so ultimately, what we see from Scripture, and we see from John as well, is that where we become whole, where we begin to find salvation, is not just that we have forgiveness of our sins and we go on and we live forever, but really our ultimate salvation is found in being you know, apart from God to coming into relationship with God. Your salvation ultimately is your need for a relationship with God. You find salvation through resting your heart in the heart of God. In every aspect of your life, if there's edginess, anxiousness, worry, fear, all of these things, it has come from a heart or a mind that's been disconnected from God. But when we come into a relationship with God and we begin to do life with God and we allow him to fill us up with his love, we become stronger. We begin to remember the, the promises and the hope that we have in Christ. And we begin to recognize that everything that we've been looking for is really found in that choice of a relationship with God. And so they will call Jesus Emmanuel, which means God 
is with us. But here's the thing. A little bit later on, you know, back in John's gospel, in John chapter 16, Jesus says something really kind of weird, right? How many of you would love to be able to, you know, it, you know be 2,000 years ago and walk with Jesus, right? We would all would love to do that. We think that would be super awesome. But Jesus says something really weird in John chapter 16. He says, you know what? I got to go. It's time for me to go. And you know what? Here's the thing. It's good that I go. And you say, wait a minute. How in the world would it be good that, that Jesus Christ goes? Because I thought God was, the whole thing was God to be with us. But it says in John chapter 16 that, that uh, you know, that, that Jesus said, it's good that I go. Why was it good that Jesus goes? All right? Choices have meaning. The question is, why did he choose that? That Jesus was going to be raised from the dead, and then he ascends to the Father. And like I know, you're like, if you're like me, you've been around the church and you've read that, and you're like, why in the world did Jesus ascend to the Father? It'd be really great if Jesus was here. But here's the deal if Jesus was here, all right? If Jesus was here, how many of us would think that we would really have any time with Jesus at all? All right? You look at somebody super famous that everybody wants to be and be around, you're going to have tens of thousands, if not millions of people around. How in the world am I going to ever get to him? And not only that, but what if he's over in Israel and I'm over here in the United States? So he's over there, but he's not, I'm not with him anyway. And I don't know if I can even really get to him because he's crowded around all these people. But Jesus said, here's the thing. It's good that I go. Why? Because... Not only does God want to be with us, we're going to see something kind of weird here. It comes in John chapter 14 and in verse 16. These are the words of Jesus. And Jesus says this, and I will ask the Father, Jesus said, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He's going to give you someone who will never leave you. Even though I'm going to go, he's going to come, and he's never going to leave you. And he goes on in the next verse in verse 17. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But here's the thing. But you know him because he lives with you. All right? But notice what Jesus says. And now, later, he's going to live where? He's going to live in you. That's why Jesus had to go. If Jesus didn't go, we wouldn't be with God. But as he went... What did he give us? He gave us the Holy Spirit who is in us. Have you ever asked and, you know, you ever said these words, God, be with me? You know, have you ever heard worship pastor or pastor say, God, be here among us? It's not really accurate. You know why? Because he is here. And if you're a follower of Christ, he is in you wherever you go. That's God's choice to be with you everywhere you go. The genius of looking through how Jesus came to this world, giving us the Holy Spirit, all of this has ramifications by which God ultimately, his ultimate choice is to be with us. And not only to be with us, but to be so intimate with us that he's in us through his Holy Spirit. And here's the thing. Now, I get this too, because I'm, I'm just like this. I get distracted. I get distracted by the things of this world. And, and uh, you know, I've said many times to God, God be with me. 
the Holy Spirit just reminds me of my heart. I've always been with you, Tyler. I've always been with you. The issue isn't whether God is with me. It's really whether I'm with God. Because God is as close as he possibly can be to you and me. The question is, is our choice. Do we choose to move closer to him? When we move closer to him, things change. It fills our heart. Another thing that the Holy Spirit does, Paul reminds his followers in Galatians and Romans that the Holy Spirit says, Abba, Father, to remind us that that's the most important thing. The most important thing is to remember that we have a dad and that he loves us and that he desires to do life with us, that our greatest satisfaction is doing life with him. It's true. You don't have all the choices in the world. I don't either. But here's the thing. Every single one of us in this room, we have the choice. We have the choice. The God of the universe who has all the choices, all the choices, we have the choice, okay? We have the choice to do what the God of the universe chooses above all else. That's to have a relationship. Heavenly Father, There's many of us in this room who are just in different places. Some of us are, you know, kind of seeking. We feel that you're far away and in distance. Some of us have known you for a little while and we just get distracted and we think that you're far away, but we know that you're close. And Father, there's some of us in this room who have made that choice to do life with you. Now, it's not perfect, but we're all over the place. It doesn't matter. And that's the, the reality of it is. It really doesn't matter where we're at. But every single one of us has the choice. The choice to move closer to you and the choice to continue to do and to have a relationship with you. So, Father, as we have our elders just up here to pray, pray for anybody in here who wants to make that choice and maybe not really know how to make a choice in the relationship with you to come and just to speak and to talk and to pray. I pray that none of us would just leave here going, okay, I heard that, but oh well, I'm going to go choose something else. And God, even if when we choose that, we know that you're faithful and you're gracious, that even when we go through this life and we try to choose other things, you're always there waiting for us. You're right there with us to make the choice to come to you. I'm so thankful for that grace. So I pray, Father, just stir within our hearts that you are not far, that you are not just only with us, but that you are in us. And for those who don't know you and don't have a relationship with you, you invite them right this second. There's no waiting. There's no having to wait for tomorrow or next year. There's the opportunity right now to step into that relationship and to choose you by which in that moment you will come in them for the rest of eternity. What an amazing gift that is. So, Father, I pray for all of us that we would not neglect 
the gift that all of us truly, truly need and gives us that fulfillment. And that's the gift of you and doing eternity with you. It's in your son's name I pray.